As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, Fungal Associates? You were recording this whole time? <laughs> Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and scrambling over there to get his tabs open uh, is Casey Klein. Uh, hi, 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 hi. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm here, I'm here. I sprung it on you. Yeah, you did. I didn't know you were doing that the whole time. Yeah. Well, I'll cut out our conversation. Oh, please So people do, will Alex. just have to... Just have to imagine what we were talking about. It was the band Deer Tick. Okay, hold on. Sorry, I gave it away. Wow, you lifted the veil, and and all that's all that's behind it is a frail little man that calls himself the Wizard of Oz. And all he's doing is playing a piss poor guitar and <laughs> spilling beer on us. <laughs> That'd be funny. A, a Wizard of Oz, and the Wizard is like just like the most despicable, just like con man. <laughs> Just, he's absolutely, like, he's not humble about it all. He's not like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm no. such a bad guy. He's like, ah. He, like, still tries to make you think that he's great and powerful. Yeah, you know, I really think there should be a, ma- a mashup of <clears throat> uh, Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. and the Wizard of Oz. Oh. Where the Scooby-Doo uh, crew has to find... I find out who this wizard is and like, oh, track him down. And yeah. He would have got away with it if it wasn't for those, 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 those pesky munchkins. Pesky munchkins. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, the scarecrow. Oh boy. Casey. Yes, Alex. I could talk about, uh, funny people and things all day. <laughs> so instead we're going to talk about a very serious topic. Yeah. Very serious topic indeed. And that is a tree. Yeah. From the humorless land of Norway. Uh, humorless <laughs> land. I jest. Everyone is now aware of what this tree is. How many groans do you think we heard? I feel like that could maybe be, maybe have been registered on the Richter scale. From Norwegians? Uh, not Norwegians. Actually, North Americans. Oh, oh, yes. Well, today we are talking about the much reviled Norway maple. That's Boo, right. hiss, tomato, tomato. Uh, hey, stop, stop, stop. We're just, don't, don't throw tomatoes at the messenger, people. Yeah, that's God. right. We're just here as a harbinger of doom. We're not the doom itself, right, Case? Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Finally, I feel seen. Um, Norway maple, Casey, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a, um, what is that? Infamous tree. Yes, infamous. Yeah, I think that's the best term. Uh, especially in urban, suburban areas. Yes. Well, actually, suburban, probably not infamous because they don't know to hate it. Oh, it's just famous It's there. just, it's just, I don't even know if it's famous. I think it's just under the radar. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you are famous in uh, like Bollywood and you come over to rural Montana mm. and you're like, yeah, where I come from, I'm, I'm known. And they're like, uh, cool. Right. Yeah, that well, is, I think, what that would be. Interesting. They wouldn't even know about it being bad or good. They would be- just think, oh, it's, a, it's an oak tree. And you'd have to be like, oh, oh, because they, are you saying because they, suburbanites, now this is Casey's take on. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I won't get into that. <laughs> you be careful here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Norway maple. We got plenty to say. Uh, Trust us. But uh, it's got to happen after a break. We'll be yes. right back. Speaking of a harbinger of doom. <laughs> That's right. Here's some ads. Here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> we'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Completely Arbitrary. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking the Norway maple. That's right, Alex. Acer platanoides. Platanoides. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did over enunciate wow. that. Yes, you did. But I. I this is one of those. <laughs> listen, I don't want to. I don't want to give my my score away in, in the first act here. Please don't. I have no love for this tree. You'd have zero love for it. Not zero. Okay. Uh, I guess I did say no love. Yeah. Uh, I've got an inkling of length of, or of uh, a mild disinterest. You have, you have enough love that it would round down to zero. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, however, it's scientific name is also very, to me, sounds very ugly. <laughs> really? <laughs> That like, is... it sounds as ugly as this tree is. <laughs> Acer platinoides. Platinoides. It reminds me of, like, platypus. Uh, Anoides is, like, no, like a nasally mm, noides, I you see. know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that of that wow, one. Wow, right off the bat. Okay, but you like you like the Don Redwood's name. Which is Metasequoia glyptostroboides. Yeah. That one I love. The 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 sing songiness, I guess the rhythm of the yeah. glyptostroboides yeah. is better than platinoides. For sure. Yeah, I guess it is. Isn't that funny how that works with language? Like the the hard and soft sounds. Mm-hmm. Like I learned about this it, talking about poetry at some point, and I was mm-hmm. like, that is a curious idea. Yeah. It turns out someone thought of that a long time ago. You know, that's a big thing in uh f- I read a lot of um, I read a lot of fiction, mm-hmm. and my favorite genre of fiction overall, I would say, is sci-fi and fantasy. It's yeah. two separate genres. Um, and that's a big thing. You Same job. <laughs> Come on. St- stop that. You're going to get me on a rant here. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things you'll find reading a lot of those books is that naming is very important. Uh-huh. And a, the name of a person or a place to do with it sort of like... Um, it's sort of alignment in D and D terms, you know. Mm-hmm. Are these like evil war faring people? Mm-hmm. Then they have a hard consonant consonant name, mm. you know, the Breckians or yeah. the Klingon, right? The orcs, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then the the more peaceful uh, people or characters will have softer names with yeah. lots of vowels. And, ah. um, it's something you it's something you find. Yeah, this is it's so. Casey could not be more disinterested. That is not true, Alex. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Casey, let's anyway. imagine that you and I 
are walking just outside here on the streets of Portland. Yes. And we come across some Norway maple, maybe King Crimson variety. Oh, perhaps. And uh, almost surely. And uh, Casey, let's ID this tree with with faces of disgust. (sighs) Well, Alex, first off, just look at it. Yeah, it's not great. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it, Alex. I can't. I can't do this because sometimes they look really nice. Okay. So I'm going to imagine in my Fair heart enough. that I'm walking down the street and I found one of those really nice ones. Okay, good. I'm like, look at that beauty. Yeah. What is, oh my gosh, that's a Norway maple. Wow. Where, yeah, where you would go, wow, this is a Nor. oh my God. It kind of changes your perspective momentarily. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you walk away. Then Until you're, you walk away, yeah. yeah. And then you vomit on the next one you see. <laughs> All right. Well, this is, of course, a maple, which means that it is oppositely arranged leaves and it has a Samara. Those are the two big things, Okay. Right? And a double, Samara. A double Samara, excuse me. Wow, a double Samara. Yes. Samara, for our new listeners, is a bract-like wing on the a seed wow that helps in seed dispersal alex you didn't even that was beautiful thank you look I at f- you i felt very confident you you you're confident came it was i'm <laughs> stunned as a child or playful adult you might have taken some of these samaras and thrown them up in the air and see them helicopter down yeah which is um, why we colloquially call them helicopters that's right wow I'm so you did, that was so good. Oh my god! I'm just so happy with. Hey, that. you know what? I'm taking over. This is a coup. All right, all right, uh, everyone. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that means that I now get to do your job, which gives me, Alex, the actual control. Oh boy! Yeah, you don't know this, but you've been in control this whole time. I'm the Lucille Bluth of the of the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> I just, I hit all the money in the banana tree. Wow. Not a real tree. There's always money in the banana tree. That's <laughs> so good. Okay, focus up. Focus up, Alex. Wow. That's rich. <laughs> <laughs> we are walking down the streets of Portland. Yes, we are. We are walking down the streets of Portland or Seattle or literally any other place in the northern section of North America. Mm, mm -hmm. And we are going to be finding Norway maples everywhere. Yeah. They have been planted as ornamental trees, as street trees for absolutely decades. They were first brought over in the commercial trade uh, around the late 1700s, early 1800s. Really? Yeah, yeah. They were one of the first trees to come over when people really started bringing over trees and plants from the European shores to North America. From from Norway proper? It is actually native to all of Central Europe, all the way down into okay. like the mountains of Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a very widespread tree. Cool. But, and that, of course, makes sense because it can be planted almost anywhere over here in North America Mm. as well. Now, it's a big tree. It's not like a giant tree, but it's a good-sized tree. It is. 70 feet or so is its max height, and it likes to grow between maybe 40 and 60 feet would be generally the the highest you could ever expect it. It is one of those trees that looks bigger than it is. Yeah, it totally is. It's not giant. It's just, it it looks like a full-grown big tree, but its proportions are all just like a little bit smaller. Yeah. Like using the transform tool in Photoshop. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you, Alex, for really spelling it out. Thank you. I also don't know what that is. You just taught me <laughs> a thing that I didn't know about. Um, but so it is a it's a it's an interesting tree in that it has a perfectly round crown, but it doesn't really maintain a central leader. Hmm. So one of the trees that most people are also familiar with is the sugar maple. Yeah, the sugar maple 
differs in form in that the sugar maple tends to maintain one dominant central leader its entire life. You're talking about a main stem, like yes. a tr the trunk. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then branches will come up and out from sure. it. The Norway maple kind of splits early and then just becomes a big globe. Like mm. You can't ever say, oh, well, there's the central leader. It just becomes this kind of wide open canopy branched structure. Gotcha. It's very nice architecture. I don't have actually anything against it. Yeah, me too. It, it tapers very quickly though. So again, this is the proportion size where it can be a big base, but then as it grows up and out, those branches go from very large to very small in a very small, shorter amount of time than you'd expect. Hmm. So our big leaf maple, our native one, does the exact opposite, where it will be big, but it will taper very slowly as it grows up oh. and gets very tall. But our big leaf maple can grow almost three times the size. Like wow. they can get up to like 150, 175 feet. Is that because it's it's in its native range? Like does the yeah. Norway maple grow bigger in Central Europe? It probably does uh, just a little bit. Okay. So it, that's when it would reach its like 75 foot max area. Gotcha. But mostly for our big leaf maple, it's that it's grown around the competition of gigantic conifers. Oh, sure. So if it didn't get big, it would just get out-competed or it would have to take the, uh, the vine maple kind <clears throat> of route where it just becomes a low, small understory tree. Hmm, okay. So, you look at this tree, you see this big crown, and right now, right off the bat, we should know there are hundreds, no, okay, not hundreds, I see 45 different cultivars of this tree. Wow. So, that's, that's a pretty good amount. And some of these are straight up and down. Some of them are very short and stay like under 30 or 40 feet tall, don't get any higher. Some are very dense, some are purple, some are other colors. So if you are walking down and you see a tree that you think might be a Norway maple, but mm -hmm. it doesn't get that taller, it's got a weird shape, it's not globular, it's more dense and tall and skinny or something, it's probably still a Norway maple. Just one of these varieties. Exactly. Cultivars. Cultivars. Is there yeah. a difference between cultivar and variety? Yes. So cultivar just means cultivated variety. Whereas a variety, oh. pseudo, uh, what is it, senso stricto, meaning in the strict sense, is a naturally occurring variety of that tree. So take the lodgepole oh, pine. Okay. Shore pine right. is on the coast and the uh, lodgepole, the, the tall straight ones grow in the mountains. So a shore pine is a variety of lodgepole. Exactly. Pine. So that would be <clears throat> Pinus contorta variety contorta, Pinus contorta variety latifolia. But if like tree scientists, like genetic tree scientists yeah, took yeah, yeah. the lodgepole pine and made a bunch of different types for different purposes, those would be cultivars. Correct. Okay. And it, it doesn't always have to be a geneticist. They can also just plant a bunch of seeds and see what the genetic differences are just from the seeds doing their own sexual reproduction themselves, or sure. the trees rather. Okay. Then you say, oh, so this one is developing a bit more rounded crown or this one has a little bit more upright growth and you find the two most upright growth trees you breed those together then you do that a few times until you have a tree that is really showing very particular characteristics okay that are slightly different than what you'd see in the native species growing wild wherever i got you then essentially they name it and they say this is uh cleveland columnar conquest crimson king that kind of thing crimson king yeah exactly and then they have some and you basically have to define what that trait is and mm. say, this is the purple variety that grows upright. And I'm naming it upright purple variety. I see. And that is the, the cultivar, uh, the cultivar name, but there's like the scientific side of it where it's like the, the, 
patent office. So J. Frank Schmidt often is a big nursery around here that would do a lot of the breeding. Hmm. They would take these and say, here is this tree and it is JFK or JFS uh, 123X50. And that is their official title. But then the trade name that they sell it as is like Emerald Sunshine. <laughs> so it gets a little silly. So cultivars don't have their own scientific binomials? No, they would okay. just have, um, they, you put them in a single quote after the name. Oh. Without saying uh, anything before it. So it would be uh, Acer Platinoides Crimson King. Crimson King would not be italicized and it would be in quotes. Cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Hey, there I learned go. something new. Thank you. I got you, Alex. End of the week. I think that's I think that's important to bring up, and I won't edit it out. Although it is edit edit worthy. Thank you. I appreciate. I that. I won't edit it out because this tree is one of those trees that just has a shit ton of cultivars. It does, and they're planted all the time everywhere. Yeah. And so there's I think more coming. That's good base knowledge. I yeah. Think. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. So as you get closer to this tree, you'll notice that the bark is. It's one step, I think, above utility bark. Okay. Like, it's not uninteresting. It's got a nice pattern, and that pattern is very ridged. So it kind of breaks up into very very thin, plated ridges. Yeah. And they're very uniform uh, along the entire stem. I know this bark well. I would call it yeah. utility plus. I think so. Utility plus is perfect, yeah. So it's not going to jump you, or you're not going to jump out of your skin when Ooh. you see it. And it's not going to jump me. It's also not going to jump you. The trees remain still. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just a, it's it's fine, but it's very noticeable when you see it. You know exactly that you're dealing with that tree. Yeah. Another common one we talked about recently is the red maple. This looks very <clears throat> different than the red maple, who has these big, wide plates that kind of bend off a little mm. bit, but they're they're usually flat and gray. This is a dark gray with very specific ridges. It actually looks more like an ash tree, in my opinion, interesting than it does any other maples that we have. Maybe the big leaf maple, but big leaf maple is, you know, everything on a big leaf maple is one size bigger. Yeah. Now, once you look at the bark, you're like, great, cool, whatever, I don't care about the bark. Also, this form, it's not really, like, doing much for me. I guess it's a utility form tree as well. Oh, woof. Oof, yeah. You look at the leaves, yeah. Alex, and you're like, okay, these are nice leaves. These aren't bad leaves. They're good. Maple. Yeah. This is a quintessential maple leaf. There's no way to say it in any other way. They're not utility. Yeah, I think you're. Per I think you're right on, Casey. They're not utility leaves, but they are kind of basic. They are. They I, are. I th think that's perfect. I think a few years ago, young people would call them mid. Oh God! Yes, these are these are mid in uh, what five years before that they would call it basic probably. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. It's probably more like ten and ten. Oh uh, yeah, okay. So this is <laughs> this is a uh, depending on your age, folks. Uh, this is a basic, mid or dull <laughs> leaf. It doesn't enrapture me, would say the young people of the seventeen eighties. <laughs> Man, yeah, they were really hip back then. <laughs> They, <laughs> the other thing about these leaves, so they're oppositely arranged as ma all maples are. They are palmately lobed. Yeah. So you'll see that there are usually five main lobes that you'll see. The the two on the far left in the bottom, far right and bottom, are very minor, but you're always going to see them. So they're always going to be at least five-ish looking lobes. Each one of those lobes. It are then split again, the veins at least, and the, each one of those veins go out and usually end at another little kind of bristle tip at the end. Yeah. Now, sugar maple, the ends of those little bristles are rounded. They don't go to a very sharp, bristly tip. Oh, yes, I see that. 
Yeah, and this is one of the biggest things uh, that people get confused with uh, is these two, the sugar maple and the Norway maple. They look very similar if you're just looking at them, but if you put the leaves next to each other, you'll be like, oh, yeah, these are completely different. Yeah. So you can find this everywhere on the internet, mostly um, if you're asking for a comparison between Norway and sugar maple, they'll give you a quick guide straight to the leaves. I honestly think part of my... You know, looking at a Norway maple, part of my sort of attitude of like, eh, I don't like that tree, mm-hmm. is, is the sharpness of it all. It's oh, all, really? It's all very like abrasive to me. Interesting. Including the leaves. I'm That actually really checks out. Yeah. Yeah, it does. They're I like not, that. And, and the color too. I've, I've called the color grandma's couch. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, <clears> a, <throat> it's like if olive was just a little too saturated. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, the cr- crimson king variety. Oh, the purple variety. Yeah. Oh. That's that to me is grandma's couch. I see grandma's couch. Like she bought it in 1975. Yeah. And has not ever, ever done anything exactly. to it. Except yeah. sit on it for the last 50 years. And put some vinyl covering on it. Yeah. Well, the uh, this is actually, the reason that the scientific name is platinoides mm. is because of the leaves. Because the leaves resemble the plane tree, which is platinous. Oh. So, it, they look ever so much like them. Cool. The big thing, if you're trying to tell apart the plane tree, the London plane or the American sycamore or any of these others, look at the leaf arrangement. Alternate is for all the other non-maple things. Opposite is for maples. Are all maples oppositely arranged? Uh, Every single one of them. I have yet to run into one that is not. Good to know. Yeah. Then the other thing, of course, is you find that the fruit is that double Samara, those little helicopters we talked about. Yeah. And they will have arose from a quorum of flowers. Now, a quorum... What? Uh, it's a it's a globe like ball of flowers. Oh, okay. And this is important because other maples have a pendulous raceme. So a raceme is one long kind of chain that comes down mm. with individual flowers coming off left and right. So it looks very much like an elongated stem with flowers coming off. Yeah. A corum, they all grow out from one spot and they look they create this globe of flowers. So wow. a very very circular spherical kind of thing. So the flowers of these trees, the Norway maple, they come out, they're big, they're yellow, they pop out before the leaves. Mm. So you have this tree that's just yellow, 100% yellow. And then those adorable little helicopters come out. Oh, yeah. And the way you can also tell the difference between this and other trees is that they come out. And my friend uh, Tyler Roth one time did this, and I thought this was so funny and such a great idea. He said, if you're trying to tell the difference between trees, look at the the mustache type. And I was like, what is he doing? You flip over, I think he's on Instagram or something. And he's like, Hulk Hogan? Hell yeah. And it was a big leaf maple that has uh, Samaras that kind of go straight down, like uh-huh. Hulk Hogan's uh, Fu Manchu or whatever his, his mustache is. His handlebar. His handlebar mustache, yeah. yeah. Then there, he said, hipster? We don't like it. And you, you look at it, and the next one is like a picture of a hipster with like a mustache that like comes out and flares yes, up a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, and he had a a, a mustache uh, or a samara as a mustache. Funny, because the Norway maples are consistently whoops, and they come out and up. Cool. So they have a very flat kind of thing. So they look like hipster mustaches. Wow. Versus Hulk Hogan mustaches are more like maples that we have that are native. Interesting. Isn't that fun? Yeah, that is fun. There you go. I so love that. That's a, I'm going to also include that in my tree ID book. <laughs> <laughs> a mustache wearer's guide to the maples in your area. There you go, Case. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I, I also, I, I, um, 
it's hard to ignore how much like insect wings these samaras look. Oh yeah, totally. It, it's kind of creepy. I'm like, it, it's one of those things. It's like a you know the rattlesnake that makes its tail look like a mm, spider. Yeah. I'm like, is this tree under? I know that's not the case that the tree is learning. It has no evolutionary advantage. I don't think. Kind of cool if it did. It, but it would be cool if it did though. Just saying. And especially if it had a shield generator and oh my you God. couldn't hit it because it had shields. <laughs> the trees, they learned how to be insects. <laughs> All their fruit just becomes insects. What if What if we spread that as a, as a new conspiracy theory? Hey, speaking of fantasy and sci-fi, huh? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Pretty fun. Ooh, I'm into it. Well, those are our tree ID characteristics. That's right, Alex. Now I'm going to set my computer aside. Wow. Casey's kind of serious. We have things to talk about. Uh-oh. Are you getting a divorce? <laughs> Alex? Casey and computer love each other very much, <laughs> but we are separating for the time being. This isn't your fault. Cause I just want to talk to you right now. All right. I have two things that I had thought to talk about today. Yes. The first one is something we've talked about a little bit before, which is diversity in the urban forest. Sure. Norway maples are the most planted tree. I think I can say that comment. Or wow. Like very, ah, uh, I think it's probably second to the red maple in terms of how much it is planted everywhere. Mm. I cannot confirm that because most like tree inventories just say maple. And also I'm not going to go through every tree inventory that's ever been done in any of these different cities. Um, It's either a red maple or Norway maple as the most planted maple species in cities, in yards, in the entire United States. Maple species, not species overall. No, correct. Well, a little bit of both. Okay. Because maples are most, like in most places, are probably 20% or more of the wow. uh, the trees planted in their streets. And this is mostly just street tree inventories. And they, that may not sound like a lot, but when you realize how many species of trees there are available to plant, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge margin. Yeah. In Portland, we have easily... Uh, 250 or more species of trees that are yeah. able to be planted here. And 20% are, are Norway maple? Yeah. That's I think it was. It used to be, I think, 20... Not Norway maple, but just maples yeah. in general, which would be your Norway, sugar, silver, red, the paperbark maple, uh-huh. uh, trident maple, a few others that are not quite as popular, the hedge maple. Of all those combined, I think in Portland, it was something like... 30 or 40 percent oh and norway maple was like 24 percent like a damn near a quarter or more wow all the trees planted in portland one species one species holy shit that's insane that is absurd insane other cities exactly the same wow if not norway maple all maples combined yeah and it is a really dangerous situation because as we know if you get one disease that can just absolutely take out one species of tree and your urban forest is made up strictly of that species. Yeah. Fucked. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have something that is like emerald ash borer that is not particular to a species of ash, but is particular to the genus ash. Yeah. Now you have all those maples or all those species that are in that genus, super susceptible. All that 40%. All that 40%. That's incredible. You could lose that in no time, especially if it's something like a chestnut blight, you know, where the it's pores, where it's spores floating through Mm. the air. You can't stop that. It's impossible. Versus something like an insect where, yes, you can do some things, maybe, but also for 
Dutch elm disease. It's a teeny tiny little insect. Like you can barely even see it. Like 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 can be on a dime at one time. Ah! Like they're teeny tiny. Also, but, I, I would think also that being in a city complicates things too. Yeah, because it there's totally does. so much happening around you. Yeah, there's pollution. The soil's horrible. There's not often enough water. There's yeah. all sorts of things, and that is what brings me to two things. First, this diversity talk. I wanted to bring it up because the last time we talked about diversity, we really just said we should focus our diversity more on. Uh, species and genus, and we brought up the 10, 20, 30 rule. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It was, um, there shouldn't be, in an urban forest, yeah. there shouldn't be more than 10% of a single species. Correct. 20% of a single genus. Yes. And 30% of a single family. That's exactly right. You nailed it. Yeah. And now we I don't know how I remembered that. Alex, oh my God. I think you're on today. Like you explained exactly what a Samara is in like a technical sense. It was beautiful. You were looking at me the whole time. You weren't even reading from that. That's true. It's incredible. Off the dome. So that is uh, the, one of the big holes we poked in that is that it is a it, it represents a minimum. It doesn't represent how much diversity there should be. Yeah. So, right. for instance, you could literally have ten different species from five different fan or five different genre, mm-hmm. and that meets that requirement. Right. So it doesn't really create diversity. It just says how not or how to avoid an a, a overrepresentation. So one thing that I thought much about was that, well, you also need diversity in like 10,000 different other ways. You can have diversity in terms of spatial diversity. So hmm. you can have, actually, well, I'll take a step back. Diversity, if we say, yeah, we want a bunch of species, we want a minimum of 200 different species planted out of a minimum of 100 different uh, genre. And then families, we'll worry about that later because okay. I just don't want to keep doing that math. <laughs> then you would have a pretty significant diversity of trees. But if you plant all the Norway maples over here and you plant all the junipers over there, Mm. then you are not getting a diversity across the landscape. Right. You also are not getting a diversity in form if you do only broadleaf trees, which I have read um, planting guides that say, thou shalt not plant conifers. Really? Only broadleaf trees. Why? I have no idea. Like, I have heard that they don't want um, shade getting onto the street in the wintertime because if there is a very cold climate and there's ice, they want the sun to hit it and warm it up. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Poor excuse because you're already going to salt the street anyway, if that's the case. So it's not, yeah, the sun and, isn't really changing a whole lot. And that's such a, I mean, depending on where you're from, that's such a small slice of the year. Yeah. And also the sticks of, of broadleaf trees still do a pretty significant amount of shading. So. And uh, needles are kind of natural, like uh, grip on, on oh, ice. Yeah. Yeah. If you did put those down, that's true. Yeah. So that is, that's one issue. There's also temporal diversity. Temporal. You, yeah. You want them to be over time, a diversity of sizes. Oh. And ages. Ages of the trees. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Why so, is that important? Well, because if all of your trees die of old age or start falling apart um, all at the same time, yeah. 
then you essentially have to start over. So if you have a lot of big old trees and you're like, oh, they're getting decay, some of them are dying of this or of that or whatever, but you don't have a bunch of young trees growing and already established, sure. then you could find yourself in a situation where, oh shit, we have no new trees being planted. This is a thing in um, forestry too, right? Yeah, right. In no agri- regeneration. Forestry. Um, mostly. What, what is that? Uh, mostly in just normal forestry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, where they want regeneration underneath, like coming up. So yes. if you Take out the top trees. You already have a new generation. Yeah. Same exact concept. Instead, instead of like clear cutting and being like, well, we got to plant a bunch of new trees, We're starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. So you have that. You also have diversity in like cultural senses, where hmm. people really love trees that kind of represent or call back to something of their old home in any regard. Sure. Uh, Persimmon is a really good example where in Southeast Asia, persimmons are like really like a part of their cultural Mm. diet, especially in China and Japan, Korea. So those persimmons, if you plant them outside your yard, you're like, oh yeah, Yeah. this is great. The overstory also has a great example where they are talking about um, the silkworms and the mulberry tree. This is the overstory by... uh, Uh, Powers, Richard Powers. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a lot of different kinds of diversity. That's interesting. you, You can also look around and say, well, we also need diversity of form and leaf type because we want diversity to have most of our trees growing it'd be evergreen so that in the rainy season we have a nice amount of foliage to catch the rain we also want to be able to catch pollution i also don't think we should brush by the quality of life that diversity of trees adds to the inhabitants of a place yes specifically city and that can also have to do with animals so you also want a diversity of forms so that you have certain animals so if you have only deciduous trees you're not going to have any animals roosting in those so then your quality of life if you're a birder living in this area you're not gonna be able to see any birds because they like the the evergreen trees and imagine you're from Somewhere you're not from, Casey. Yeah. Imagine you are from Egypt. Okay. And you move to America. Yeah. And what are some what are some what are some Egyptian trees? Ooh, that's a that's a that's hard a little one. tough. I yeah, chose I chose maybe the worst example I could have uh, <laughs> possibly chosen. Yeah, there's not a whole lot that we can plant to go back and forth. Uh, the date palm. Let's say the date palm. All right. Yeah. 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 Date palm. <laughs> And you love date palm. They remind you of your mom. You miss her very much, but you're like starting a new life in America and uh, you've moved to Portland and you're walking around and suddenly you see, oh my God, I've, I've only seen fucking Norway maples (laughs) and Douglas firs. I see a date palm and you're brought warm feelings of home and your mom. Exactly. And you go over there and they, they don't have any fruit because they're, <laughs> they're slowly dying. Yeah, because they really don't like our temperatures. <laughs> but hey, we're, we're, we're planting it because it's going to get warmer. But the spirit of it makes you feel like you're home. Yeah, right? exactly. Totally. Like, I don't think that can be understated. It's like how important because we are such a, div- I mean, ideally, we are such a diverse nation. Yeah. And our cities are supposed to be diverse. Diversity is good in not only trees, but in humans. I mean, this can all be applied to people, right? It totally can, yeah. Um, Like, the quality of life that that brings, I think, is really important. I agree. And I think we could probably keep on talking about these kind of diversity things 
over and over. Like there's every little bit comes, but what you just noted, I think is important because Mm. it boils down to a resilience factor where there's resistance and resilience that I think Mm. we've also talked about a bit. I'm curious the difference. Yeah, this, I looked this up because I thought it was very important. Okay. So resistance, um, let's say you have an urban forest with a hundred percent trees, a a disease comes through or some kind of disturbance. What do you mean a hundred percent trees? Let's just, we're taking, you have X amount of trees. Right now it has a hundred percent. Exactly. Okay. So this disturbance comes through, whether that's a storm, a disease, you know, loggers who are going crazy. Okay. You find that a highly diverse forest is better able to resist Mm. this disturbance, which means that it is better able to maintain whatever level of uh, what I would say is the measurable thing, which is ecosystem service function or the functioning of that ecosystem in the form of providing ecosystem services. So 100% trees gives you 100% service. We're just going to make this as general as possible so we don't have to do too much math. Okay. So a very resistance or an urban forest that has a high resistance, even as this disturbance comes through, it is able to maintain the highest level of uh, basically resistance i guess yeah it's able to withstand that disturbance and not reduce that percentage of ecosystem services it's providing okay now resilience is how quickly it can get mm. back to 100% i see so diversity leads toward the, towards this because if we had 100 trees that are from 100 different species if an insect comes through that attacks just one of those trees we've only lost 1% sure. of trees that's a great great amount of resistance and plant one more tree back and then if that new tree grows and is able to survive then boom you got yourself a very resistant and resilient urban forest if 40% of your urban forest is one species of tree yeah. and a, and a disturbance comes through that affects only that species yeah you've lost 40% Exactly. So that is rough. That is not what you want. And if your resilience is very high, then you have to basically depend on the rest of it to get up and get bigger and do well. Yeah. Rather than uh, your resistance would be not putting it so far back. Sure. So you want a good balance of both. You do. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to plant a diversity of trees in a diverse way. Young trees in all different places spatially spread out so that you can have young trees in every part of the city growing up to take over the spots of the old trees that will slowly be dying and need to be Mm. taken out for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You also want to plant a diversity of forms and species so that if something happens, there's always going to be a tree that's there to provide the loss or to help uh, help uh, pick up the slack sure. when something else is lost. When you say when you say forms, you mean like big, tall, straight conifers. Yes. I mean big, broad leaf, broad leaf trees. Exactly right. Okay. I mean shrubs, rhododendrons, different yeah. different things here. Literally that. Different and, things here. And what also forms mean? in in the sense of like um, if a storm comes through, mm. all of your fir trees are going to crush it. They're going to be doing great because they're like, yeah, I'm kind of designed for this. Okay. But then your smoke trees and your uh, pears and crab apples are just going to get ripped apart. So if you have only mm. pears and crab apples, a snowstorm comes, you're going to have them get wrecked. Sure. But if you plant in there a bunch of other trees that are able to take that form or that snowstorm because of their form, now you're doing okay. Interesting. So diversity is like so much more than just 
what's the species and how many or few should we have. Yeah. It goes through everything else. And if you are doing your job well, you should be looking around and saying, well, what trees are needed to be planted in this area Mm. based on what our objective is. And that would be objective of this place, the objective of the neighborhood, the block, the whole section of the city, the whole city itself. Wow. That's what I think diversity should be aiming towards. I agree, Casey. That, I mean, you say, you say if you're doing your job, Yes, if which brings a, me to a, a question. Indeed. What job takes care of these things? That is a great question. It would be like an urban forester. Okay, that's what I trees. thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then also it's the designer that is planning a landscape, you know? Like the urban planner? Is that? No, it would be, I guess it would be urban planners. They more say, we'll put trees here. But they aren't the ones who say what trees to put there. Okay. You know? I got you. It would be the private landscape architects and the landscapers, the designers, and the uh, the arborists who are being con- consulted and the people who are saying, hey, uh, what trees should I plant? And then you should look around and say, ooh, well, you have this like this. Judging by the soil type, here's your here's your palette. Now let's choose based on what your objective is for this tree. I you got want you. a big, beautiful tree that does something. You want a tree that is giving you the right ecosystem services. Do this. Well, I, I got to say, Casey, this this all sounds very interesting to me. Like I, I'm intrigued by all of this nice. kind of um, all these thought processes and mm-hmm. all this work. That's And we have a lot of people. A lot of young people listening to our show or or people in at any age who d- have decided that they want to enter a career in trees. Yeah. This this is uh this is an option for you. If this it. sounds interesting to you and you want to you want to work to diversify your urban forest and uh put these put these concerns at the forefront of of uh your city it might, this might be a career path for you. Now is your chance. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the city of Portland right now is hiring a bunch of planting folks. There you go. The, um, the reduction inflation act or whatever is <laughs> the reduction inflation. That sounds like it would just even out. Yeah. Everything's just fine. It's just, don't worry about it. We it's, did the legislation. It's just like a, <laughs> it's just like a placebo uh, act. Yeah. <laughs> First I, we reduce it, then we inflate it. Everything feels great now. Everything's feels great. <laughs> uh, they, it's a, there's a lot of money for tree planting in there. Okay. Now, Alex, I know normally you'd say, well, that's our discussion on the Nora Mabel. Right. I have other things to I'm say. I'm not about done. This tree. We're not done. We ain't done yet. Yeah, we have to talk about the tree itself. Exactly. So this tree is invasive. Oh. Almost everywhere. Oh, dang. In North America. From like Maine to the Carolinas, Pacific Northwest, I mean like middle, upper, Midwest areas. Okay. Uh, it gets a little too dry in the kind of the the Western Great Plains and the basin, uh, the Great Basin kind of uh, north of that too in Idaho. That kind of central dry, cold area, don't worry about it. You know why maples are not going to go ham. Okay. Out here in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. They will seed themselves in. In New York City, they will seed themselves in. Almost everywhere in the kind of northeastern section of North America, Mm -hmm. they'll seed themselves in. Are you saying seed? Yes. Oh. So seed themselves in uh, means that the tree just plants itself. Is it a play on see yourself in? Ooh, I don't know if it is. Well, it should be. Well, it is now. (laughs) Seed yourself in, baby. Yeah. Take a seed. Yeah. Take a seed, please. And then you know what? Seed yourself out. Wow. I wish that they would do this, but it's not going to happen. So Norway maples are 
one of the most reviled trees, yeah. not only because they're planted <laughs> everywhere, uh-huh. but they also do a few things that everyone hates. They are one of the densest leafed trees yeah. that we have. So like things don't grow underneath them to the point where people like, they must be poisoning the soil. Right. They're like, they're like faux alleliopathic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not actually doing anything that's too intense, but it's just dark enough that things don't grow underneath them. They are dark enough that there is no like significant light to walk under. So they're like, the shade is so dense. You're kind of like, Oh my God, is it dark outside? Yeah. Underneath these maples. Wow. Which is really good. If you are really trying to shade, the streets of a city. Mm -hmm. They're also invasive because they can grow almost anywhere. Mm. They can take the worst soil conditions and they just, they just live. They're just fine with it. They're not, they're not too picky is what I'm saying. Yeah. Which is just perfect for a street tree. Sure. Just perfect. Big dense shade. Uh The canopy doesn't get too big. It is dark and dense, so you can get this really nice, intense shade that no light is coming through and hitting the ground. That's perfect. Going over the, your house, not a single bit of sunlight is going to hit it directly. You're just going to have nice, dappled light. Ooh, baby, I love that. It, it is hard to ignore the upsides. The upsides. So the downsides, they seed themselves in. Where do you think they're seeding themselves in? Uh, this is, I should put a caveat mm. on the Northeast. In the Northeast, they actually are spreading a little bit further into the area because, uh, or the, the natural areas, mm. because the conditions are actually very similar to Europe where they grow natively. So there's a little bit more problem there. Okay. But... Out here in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, they are seeding themselves in. They are slightly invasive. Can I, can I guess? Yes. In the middle of the fucking sidewalks? No, not barely even that. It's nowhere close, Alex, to the Polonia or the uh, Tree of Heaven. Mm. Tree of Heaven, Polonia. Oh, sure. They will be like, hey, what's this? <clears throat> and there'll be a gigantic tree in like 30 seconds growing out of a crack. Okay, so this isn't like a this isn't like a sidewalk killer. It, it, it does have shallow roots and it will grow up. Okay. So don't plant it in a small strip. Okay. Parks. But also... You can cut the roots, and yeah. they kind of still go for it. Wow. In parks, they still kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just fine. They they cause trouble, but they don't cause so much trouble. There are trees that are further on the trouble spectrum by a, by leaps and bounds. Wow. That you'd be like, don't plant a sweet gum anywhere near a sidewalk. It's going to destroy it. Red maple will destroy a sidewalk 10,000 times quicker and more okay. than a Norway maple. So where are they causing problems? They're causing problems because they are slightly invasive, mostly everywhere. Now here is my, here's my, here's, here's my thing. Here's my, here's my controversial take. Wow. Casey's plant rant. This, this tree, Alex, is a, <clears throat> it is invasive in urban areas. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see it, and I know we're going to get so many people reaching out being like, oh, whoa, 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 no, over here, it definitely does get out into these these native forests. And I accept that. So maybe this is not applicable for that area. But I think there is a spectrum of this. Like, people um, consistently will use Eastern North American uh, findings over in the Pacific Northwest because mm. we're looking for data. We're looking for any anybody who's researched something. And then if the Northern Northeastern Research Station in Massachusetts and New York was like, oh yeah, totally. This is a invasive tree right here in the in the the kind of upstate New York area. Uh, then the question is, 
Well, does that actually apply to the Pacific Northwest? And then to what extent is it invasive? Holly, English holly, super invasive out here. Over there, there's buckthorn. There is a uh, the calorie pear and a honeysuckle in the southeast. Mm. They really are going, <clears throat> like they are taking over native habitat yeah. and causing significant damage because nothing else is growing underneath them. They are out-competing the native species. Sure. To my knowledge, wow. Norway maple, I can say certainly in the Pacific Northwest, is not causing like massive amounts of damage mm. because it's growing where it's growing. It will never compete with our native trees. A Douglas fir will outcompete a uh, Norway maple. Maybe it won't if it's growing in the dense shade underneath it, but that is kind of a rare phenomenon. Or even the, the big leaf maple. Yeah, big leaf maple. It. it could probably be that because big leaf maple grows faster and taller. Yeah. Uh, we have so many shade tolerant conifers that would grow underneath the Norway maple. Sure. Um, ivy does grow underneath the Norway maple, so these kind of combinations are there. But here's my, here's my issue. Where are these trees growing? And how are we defining what is native and non-native and what should be native and non-native in mm. an area? So in Portland, and this is a hot take, people are going to be so pissed that I'm making wow, this up Wow, right I don't even know. We live in the Portland metro area. Yes. So we are surrounded, for all intents and purposes, by man, I don't want to say made, but man-altered landscapes to like 100% degree. It's not just like, oh, well, we built a house right here, but everything else is pretty much as it used to be. No, 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 no. You go out 10, 15, 20 miles in every direction, and we've either logged it, mm. we've developed it, or we've completely changed it to the point where it's a natural park only because we didn't develop it. <laughs> and we just let things grow back. Sure. Yet, if an invasive species is found in those areas, we're like, oh no, this is an invasive species in this beautiful natural area right next to the freeway. Mm. It's like, wait, next to the freeway where there's like houses and development on either side where there's blackberry underneath it where there's European grasses where we maybe get a camas species if we actually didn't destroy it too much and it's wet enough. Wait, that's the place that we're worried about. Hmm. So what's the problem? Why are we vilifying such a tree when we ourselves have completely destroyed this landscape? Wow. And now it's like, yes, if there was a native species growing there, that would be better. But our native species in our natural systems they are doing just fine. Again, this is Pacific Northwest. And if we need to really go out and manage it, like in Forest Park, for instance, maybe we should go over there and say, hey, Norway Maple, don't watch you over here. That could be about it. Because that's because that's far less developed? Yeah, because that we want it to be as, as, as mimicking a natural system as we can. We want that. Which does not include the Norway Maple. Yes, so my, my big point, and this actually goes back to the nuisance species list here in the city of Portland, mm -hmm. which is a list of trees that are essentially just invasive trees and they most wanted it is, it's literally most wanted list, yeah. but it comes with legislation. It comes with rules. Ah. If you <laughs> want to remove one of these trees, it's an automatic. Yes, you can, what? unless, unless it's a street tree then it's not. Then we can say, well, it has to be in bad condition, but if it's on your private property or if it's a street tree in development, 
It's an automatic yes. Wow. You may remove it. Doesn't matter if it is the world's most perfect, beautiful Norway maple. It is Norway maple with an angel crown on top of it. It yeah. has repented everything. It doesn't even make <laughs> seeds anymore. You can cut it down. You can tear it out of the ground. Yeah, you can tear it out of the ground. You can spit on its dead body. Okay, that's quite enough. Sorry, Alex. And that legislation means that these trees are essentially just there. It's open, open season for them. You can just go and just kill them whenever you want. They're like varmints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, there are some trees, like, again, the tree of heaven, English holly, maybe English laurel. There are trees that absolutely should be removed if they can. Mm. Because on this invasive spectrum, they're noxious. Like, they're at a level where they are actively going in and destroying things. The English hawthorn is another one, or the common hawthorn. Uh, uh, Crataegus monogyna that we covered. In its native habitat, it's great. Over here, it's awful and stupid, and it really causes trouble. But the Norway maple is not there. They also include the horse chestnut here in Portland mm -hmm. because someone found it in a natural area surrounded by suburbs and surrounded by development that's been logged 150 years ago, 100 years ago, and now it is just technically considered a natural area. Yeah. And now we're saying, oh, no, 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 no. This tree... Now, in the middle of downtown Portland, outside your door right now, that horse chestnut is an in, is a invasive species, and it should not be in this city. Interesting. Even though the Norway maple, the European horse chestnut, crush it. They are such good trees for this urban area. But it is still on the invasive species list. It is on that nuisance list, yeah. Nuisance list. Exactly. So, all this to say... We have right tree, right place. We want diversity of form. There are too many maples. We should not plant them anymore. If they need to come out, we should definitely take them out. Mm -hmm. But if there is no other good alternative tree that will grow, and let me remind you, in this very unnatural area outside of our house, yeah. does that, Alex, reach to the level of, of loathsomeness that it is being put at? Or is it a little bit of a grandiose statement to say, yes, this tree is invasive, but let's kind of define the, the naturalish area. If it's not a native species, if it's a tree that's growing in a non-native space, mm -hmm. can we really hold it to the fire mm. for being a non-native tree that has found that it's very good at living in this non-native space. Interesting. Does that make sense? I think so. So what you're saying is like, it's on a nuisance list. Yeah. But it does great. And it's not that invasive. It's it's no tree of heaven. It's no, uh, yeah. what was the other one you said? The, uh, the English holly. English holly, yeah, yeah. right. Or English hawthorn. And it does pretty good. Maybe it's not as big a nuisance as it's uh, made out to be. Yeah. And if you're upset that it's growing like in your backyard and it's seeded itself in, yes, you should get a permit to remove it. There's no reason that I'm trying to say that this tree should in every possible way be saved. Yeah. It should just have a middle ground where you're like, ooh, <clears throat> it is a naughty tree, but this is a naughty tree that is doing very good right here. Right. And it's the best at accomplishing our objectives right, right. now. So why are we vilifying it so much? Why, Casey? Why? 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 What? What? Why? Wait, Alex, are you? At, are <laughs> I'm you, asking are you. Copying you, me? Why? I believe, Alex, that we a here in the Pacific Northwest, uh -huh. we just looked at legislation from New York and the East Coast. In the uh -huh. East Coast, 
it is an invasive tree. We copy it, and pasted. Exactly. We said, well, it must be invasive over here, invasive I over see. here. Even though it's not a one for one. Wow. Are you going to be found protesting in the streets, trying to get the les- legislature changed, saying, take Norway maple off the do not want list? Yes. That's amazing, Casey. Yes. Is that is that the big thing that's going to get you a bunch of hate? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's like I have seen so many developments come through where there's Norway maples planted along the rows, uh, along the street, uh-huh. and they're great. They yeah. look great. They're not causing any trouble. They're beautiful trees. They have great form. Their fall color is to be desired, but they are workhorses. Someone wants to come and remove them just because... It's an invasive, it's on that nuisance list. Yeah. They can come through and then start over and, oh, what do they plant? Oh, a gra- oh, it's a dogwood. <laughs> Great. Wow. So, all this to say, with the by talk... The, by the way, you've said that three times. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite thing. So, anyway, all that to so say. So, when? what is the end of this? <laughs> it's now, Alex. It is now. <laughs> Having said I'm that... I'm giving Casey a hard time. <laughs> they, uh, the, the... It's just not as black and white as I think it could be. I feel you. And I think there needs to be a spectrum of invasiveness, which in mm. most places they have, like they have a red list, a green list, a yellow, like they have, yeah. they have lists of like, this is a hyper noxious weed that we need to get rid of. Right. The tree of heaven is, is there. That is, that I think sets the standard for a bad invasive tree. It does a lot of stuff. It will grow fast and take over. It will seed itself in and grow from the roots. It will actively crush things that are, are around it. But that should not be on the same list. It's not equated. As uh, Norway maple. It's Norway maple as the European horse chestnut. Like It's just those trees are not going to cause environmental damage in a place that you really have to really convince yourself is not already completely environmentally destroyed. Casey, this is, this is a moving of the goalposts. Yeah. This okay. is How destroying so? the environment and saying, oh, no, 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 that thing, that tree destroys the environment. Exactly. Uh, look over there. Look over there. Yeah, I'm like, this is a fake hill. Right. This is a completely fake hill that we are saying is a natural area. Right. And it's covered in like 10,000 invasive species. And we are now just choosing these ones. Interesting. If you can plant a native species there and have it become dominant and create this ecosystem that's better for all these other things, wonderful. That's that's great. We should do that. But that's also not being done. It's not being done. It's not being done. And so we are punishing ourselves, but we're not doing we're not we're not we're not giving the positive side of it we're just yeah. we're just taking care of this negative side this is this is similar to and i don't know enough about this to make a perfect correlation but it, it reminds me of like how marijuana in a lot of places is like a class whatever drug yeah, yeah right as the same class as like crack cocaine yes you yeah. know like, like this this there should be a spectrum there should be levels of these things and i'm totally, totally. on your side casey yes Anyway, we should review it or else I'll keep going. I did. I got you. I convinced you. You you got me. Man, we're going to get so many emails about people saying, you're so misinformed, bro. (laughs) Get out of here. Bring them on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. All that is to say, we got to take a break. We'll be right (laughs) back with our review of the Norway Maple here on Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back. Oh, my God. Our break was about half a second <laughs> to completely arbitrary. Uh, that was our discussion of invasiveness 
of the Norway maple. Diversity. And of a, a diversity, a much reviled tree that maybe doesn't deserve the hate. Or at least deserves a second chance. Yes. Or at least doesn't deserve to be cut off at its knees. Yeah. If it's already there. Fair enough. Kicked while it's down. Thank you. D- beaten by a dead horse, as they say. Bit on by an <laughs> angry arborist. <laughs> it's time for our review. This is going to be a fun one. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on the Norway maple and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, will begin with you. I appreciate this, Alex, uh, because as last week we noted, you are a resident expert apprentice. Yes, an honorary expert. Yes, we're very happy with that. Thank Congratulations, you. by the way. Thank you very much. I, pre- I might have edited that out. Oh, well, you learned about it now. <laughs> don't edit that one out, too. I'm, I'm, I have no idea where you're going. I don't either. Well, I kind of do. Okay. I actually gave some thought to this. Okay. I've had a lot of thinking. This is actually an episode where I, like, I just closed my computer. Mm-hmm. There's, like, no notes that we have to do. Because, yeah. Because, A, I'm very familiar with this tree. Yeah. And I've thought about it. So, I mostly just, like, was sitting at a coffee shop just being like, what do I want to talk about this tree? Yeah. And then I realized I should just do this and just talk about these feelings. I think it was perfect. Thank you, Alex. It's like I a therapy session. This really is. Alex, Alex. How do you feel? <laughs> How does the Norway maple make you feel? Yeah. Oh, well, I, 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 ah, now I see you're squeezing your palms. Why don't you just relax? <laughs> just so, so the, in the, to, to kind of just add a little on top, the diversity metric I think is very important, but I essentially wanted to bring up the entire diversity side of it to say, A, Norway maple is too much. It is, should not be planted Period. Yeah. It, there, it is overplanted. It's mildly invasive at worst. Hyper invasive at best. In the did Pacific say, Northwest. Did I say that right? Yeah, I certainly said that right. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Now that it's said, it's right. In the Pacific Northwest. I want to. Yes. I want to. Uh, In the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, clarify. In uh, the Northeast, it is far more invasive. Yeah. So it should not be planted any of these places in the uh in western montana there's actually a tree that they can only plant this kind of norway maple because it grows there really well Mm. it doesn't seed itself in great that's a perfect tree so it is we should focus on diversity moving forward we should not necessarily say oh well we want to focus on diversity so let's cut all the trees that we have now right in order to get there that totally. is it that is shooting ourselves in the foot yeah we already have something built do not dismantle it to build something anew just start start right here exactly now if you get the opportunity do not plant that tree plant a new tree oh is that one not doing so hot and we have an opportunity to cut it down and really move that forward okay let's do that sure it is not a tree that i think we need to save at all costs or at even a significant cost. Like, <laughs> or even a minor cost. Yeah, honestly, it's a tree that is completely neutral, I think. Sure. Meanwhile, you have the idea that this tree is really good at its job. Mm. Like, it is really, really good at its job. As a street tree. Maybe not as a park tree, because I, we have so many other better options to plant as a park tree. But as a street tree... It's not bad. There's yeah. way worse that we still plant all the time. Sure. And I'm like, why is that? How does that make any sense? Meanwhile, again, we should not plant it again, but it's really good at its job. And the idea of it being invasive is just a little blown out of proportion. Yeah. But this tree sucks. I don't want to see it around, but I do not want to see it cut down, which means 
that this tree is exactly a 5.0 for me. Yeah, I, that's exactly where I thought you were going. Perfect. Right down the middle. I'm glad we're on the same page. That's great, Casey. Uh, whenever I see, like, I've been walking around. There are some beautiful Norway maples that are in yards that someone planted in their front yard. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's a big tree. Like, yeah. it's probably two or two and a half feet diameter. It's got this gorgeous crown. It's not too big. It's not too small. You, It's just, it's a nice looking tree. Mm-hmm. It's got this nice globe on it. I like the leaves. I heard once that... The leaves provide the right amount of dappling for like um, to put outside hospital windows. I think oh, is what this okay. lady said. This is just a lady that came into the nursery I was working at, but I remember it because she said this is actually like written as a tree to use because it provides a wow. very specific kind of shade in the bylaws. Exactly, and I was like, well, that's good to know. Thank you. Uh, this I'm going to say that on a podcast in a few years. <laughs> in a few years, oh, that was like literally 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the uh, other thing here's steel trap, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. This <clears> was, uh, it's also, um, Stradivarius, uh, uh, violins. Yes. I believe that the maple, the primary maple that was used is a Norway maple. Cool. Yeah. So they're great trees for these certain applications, but, but it's a tree that there are so many better trees to be planted. But like I said, 5.0 golden cones of honor I, right down the middle yeah. because don't plant any more, but don't go out of your way to get rid of them. If you do see them in a natural area and there's another opportunity, do that. But I think first ask yourself, is this right now the best tree for this application in this spot? If I cut it down, will I be making this place better mm. or will I be making this place worse? Good question Just to ask. because of this one arbitrary line that I've drawn. Yeah. I mean, it might be like an emotional, uh, emotional decision. Yeah. Right. You know, like what, check your, Hey, check yourself, check yourself, all of your urban foresters out there. Yeah. Check your hate. If Casey Clapp can check his hate Thank on the Norway maple, so can you. I have one planted right next to my house where I grew up. Wow, I yeah. Remember this. I've climbed this tree a bunch of times. I've watched it grow from a teeny tiny little sapling mm. to what it is today. And Hey, just as you yourself have they, done that, Casey. Oh, thank you, Alex. You're not quite as big as a Norway maple. Yeah, that one's a little bit bigger. And you're I gotta, close. Got to do some pruning on it. It's getting a little rough over there. <laughs> See, I can say that to you, but if you said that to me, I would never forgive <laughs> like, you. Like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that's the All right. that's the kind of thing. So I'm like, you know what? It's it's a nice tree. It's grown in a nice place. And my suburban backyard, every now and then, has a little seedling pop up. But can I tell you, Alex, how many Tree of Heaven seedlings pop up? Oh, it, the, it's got to be an astronomical amount compared to the Norway. It is like, like 100 to 1. Yeah, and they're on the same list. They're on the same list. It's like, come on. And yeah. also, again... There's nothing around there that is a untouched, beautiful, pristine space right. that we have to treat as such. Yeah, it's not like old growth. Yeah. It's been chopped to shit for uh, hundreds of years. Yeah, I get it. You want to make it better, make it better. But again, ask yourself, is that going to happen immediately? Or am I just doing this because this tree does not belong here. Yeah. Because before you do that, look around and tell you what else should not belong here. And is this actually a natural space? Or is this now just a different kind of park with different species profile? Because we have changed it so significantly from its native condition. Fair enough, Casey. Huh. That's all I'm giving you. Thank you. I can't Your plant say rant is over. I'm banging the gavel. All right, all right, I, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit over here and give you a full five minutes to talk. <laughs> I don't need it. Here's my opinions. <laughs> I think this tree is whatever. 
I, I have such a lo- I have such a l- low to medium uh. low opinion of this tree. I don't really give a shit about it. It's ugly as shit. It's grandma's couch. It's a 4.0. Uh. Oh, I love that. I talked for 25 minutes and I was like, that's whatever. <laughs> that stuff I'm totally on board with you with. Yes. With you with. Um I think the 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 fact that the 40% maple thing is just so crazy. It's outrageous. Um, what happened? Where did we go wrong? Honestly. And then the fact that, yeah, the tree of heaven and the normal will exist in this same sphere of like invasive, gotta cut them out, cities most wanted is yeah. also kind of weird. Um, but I can't deny how the Norman maple makes me feel, which is that I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe uh, are you saying that there is a significant emotional uh, part that maybe I've completely missed? I am saying that not that you've missed is that I'm taking advantage of, which ah. is the part of our whole podcast, right? Exactly. We take advantage of our emotions. It's how it makes you feel. Exactly. And the Norman maple, I, I completely agree with you on all points, but I don't like this tree. I still hate this tree. You know what? I'm dropping it to a three five. That's where I was going to be anyway. Uh, three point five. Good. Yeah. You know what? Three three point zero for laughing so much. <laughs> I hate that tree. <laughs> that was our review of the Norway maple. We hope you enjoyed it. It is time for a completely arbitrary Q and A, where we get a listener question. If you want to get a question on the podcast or chance of getting a question on the podcast. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. Bunch of different tiers there. If you join at the $3 Q&A Quercus and Alder tier, we may read your question on an episode, a uh, mainline episode of this show. And if we don't do that, we will answer it in a big marathon Q&A Patreon exclusive. Very exciting. If you don't know what we're talking about, that sounds like complete gibberish. Um, but the, the, the moral of the story is uh, please go support us on Patreon. Thanks. Uh, Casey. Alex, what do we got here today? Wow. Here's a big question from Kevin. Kevin. Kevin of the big questions. Yes. All right, Kevin, what do you got? What tree Uh do you think has had the greatest social or historical impact on a group of people or time period? Wow. This could be a specific singular tree, like a specimen, or a species of tree. Curious to hear what to you is one of the most quote, important trees. Wow. Thanks, Kevin. Now, this is probably, you know, I chose this question knowing that it probably could be like an entire episode's worth or entire series worth. Could be a whole podcast. Yes, that's true. But we are going to sort of off the dome uh, talk about this, Casey. And I I have an answer, but you're not going to like it. Ooh, please tell me it's Norway maple. It's apple. Apple. I think apple... Uh, Malice Domestica Yeah Is one of the most influential trees In the United States To our Whoa. to our culture and our society At large That's an overstatement To our culture, our cuisine Our fall time activities wow. You gotta go apple picking You know I, I'm stunned It's gotta be Casey you're, I don't think you're wrong and That's not saying That's not putting a value on it That's yeah. not saying I love it but it is saying that it is extremely influential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... Uh, uh, what's uh, Hey, you know, as they say, what's more American than apple pie? Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. That's my answer. I'm sorry. Ooh, that's a good answer. I think it's true. It's like um, what people has like the, the person of the year. Yeah. And like one year it was Donald Trump and like everyone was like, what? And they're like, 
bro. It's not the good person yes, of the year. It is the person of the right. year. Right. Yeah. Which is a completely like, fair choice for yeah, that year. It was 100% the most influential thing that happened in the world yeah. at the time. So what do you think, Case? What's the most influential oh, tree to a pe- people is, or place? This is so hard because I, I, I need to think on your level because I think like, oh, the world. <laughs> what? What is so goddamn funny? That could have been so insulting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hold on. Let me just dumb myself down so I can think like Alex Croson for a second. Hmm. Uh, let me think on your level here. <laughs> You're, you mean the way I answered. You answered at this very large, large scale. Yeah, don't overthink like, it. Like you, you took off everything on the on the top and you said, uh-huh. oh yeah, this is just an apple. Like yes. this is simple yet far reaching. Yes. I I always constantly think of like a tree and then the things like the pay when I think of this all the time. Like it meant so much to those people. Yeah. And then there's like the ginkgo. It meant so much to certain people. There's trees, the um the silk tree, uh, the uh, Siba tree of Freetown, you know, mm. like the, those exact people. But that I think is 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 for you can think of a tree like that for almost every people. Yeah, you that's know? that's kind of the interesting part. It's like every culture I feel like has at least one tree of life. Yeah, right. Exactly. So which one could it be that would be like the the, the bigger the bigger thing there? Apples mm. are apples. A good answer. Well, that's a really you. good answer. <laughs> Ooh, this is hard, Alex. Okay, so I'm trying to think of a species that has has done something to shape to shape something, and this is kind of what the whole podcast is about. You know, the yeah. trees have shaped humans, and we've just picked individual little stories. That's about true. How that is. That's a nice way of looking at our show. I yeah, that's how I I conceptualize it often. Cool. Is those those relationships? Uh, but then I guess you know I we we get off on tangents about you know you gotta frogs <laughs> less about how people shape trees and more about how sh- trees shape people yeah right cool Ooh. oh honestly like <clears throat> a part of me wants to say something like the douglas fir or mm. a a the radiata pine like a species that has has had an impact in one regard or another or like a, a eucalyptus where oh yeah it's not so much that we eat it or it's a cultural thing it has become like a ubiquitous timber tree and yeah. without it we would not have built what we've built how we built it i know? think there's a case to be made for the uh, western red cedar as well case really but it's not planted super far and wide uh, I mean, for the for the indigenous people of the area. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, of course. I was, I guess, I was trying to think of that the the higher level. Okay. Because like Douglas fir was cut down and helped build like the United States. Like right. it was shipped all over the nation, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And radiata pine became this tree that is planted in like by the millions everywhere in the entire sort of semi subtropical spaces as a plantation tree. Yeah. It's grown up really intensely. The some of the spruce trees were made in World War 1 airplanes and so we wouldn't have been able to build airplanes the way we did that caused such huge damage without having this one species of tree grow a certain way. Yeah. Live or, oak. Yeah, live oak exactly we like built we built the US Navy. Right? But again it makes me think like we're getting too too myopic, too close, yeah. too esoteric. Think surface level. Yeah. Like apple. It feels like apple is the best choice. Oh my god. Like and it's I can't happening. even I can't even think of like another fruit tree that is as ubiquitous as the apple. Maybe yeah. the olive. But olive sure, yeah. No olive one, is a great choice, actually. But olive doesn't have the cultural 
the cultural everything with it the apples do like you don't give an olive to your teacher you know you hand, you give an olive branch in in peace casey yeah, it's true. like i i think olive and olive oil in yeah. the mediterranean is like uh the huge, backbone huge of thing. everything I, I think olive might be a, olive is sort of like the apple of the Mediterranean. I think. Well, that's fair, but I think there's also apples in the Mediterranean. That's true. <sighs> what do you think, Case? Apple or uh, apple or olive? Those are I, your two choices. I would say apple for sure. Okay. Uh, of, of those two choices, am I sure? No. I feel like I need to ruminate on this and meditate for well, a couple days. That that was sort of the reason I chose it, Casey. Yeah, because you wanted to be off the dome. Yes, exactly. I didn't want you to ruminate for a few exactly. days. Very I wanted well you to done. just go with your gut. Very. Well done. Well, thanks. Ah, ooh, God. And I'm this like, we haven't even got into the tropics. Because that could be something like the nani or yeah. some other fruit that has been like passed around and gone through. But then also like, what about the... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what about the <laughs> nutmeg and its impact on like Manhattan? You yes, know, like that yeah. whole story. So if that didn't happen... What where, where would the world be? Right. If if Noah didn't build the ark from the tr- cedar of Lebanon, <laughs> we wouldn't even have giraffes. <laughs> what does it mean? Nutmeg, the tree that built uh, capitalism. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, thank you so much, Kevin. We we can oh, go on, but we'll we, we will stop ourselves there. <laughs> Read. Casey could go on, and I <laughs> need to get on with my day. <laughs> if you've got a question for us. Like I said, join up on the Patreon. Or if you get to the end of your month and you think, hey, you know what? Casey and Alex have brought me $5 worth of entertainment. $17 worth of entertainment. $25 worth of entertainment this month. $1 million (laughs) of entertainment. If you listen to us more than you watch Netflix, you should probably be supporting the show. Yes. And (laughs) if you send us an email Mm -hmm. and you want us to respond to it, Send us your PayPal link with a $5. Oh, my God, Casey. Uh, oh, is that is that too? Is that Casey too? Is, Casey is joking. <laughs> I am very much joking. You can send us an email 100%. Yeah, hello at arbitrarypod.com. That's right. Uh, of course, the crown jewel of our Patreon is the Cone of the Month Club. Every month, we send out cone stickers. It's conifer cone stickers illustrated by different artists every month. Uh, we've had some repeat artists, but never a repeat cone. Mm-mm. And build your own cone collection. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a little info card that comes with it, and it comes into your mailbox, your actual physical, literal mailbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you remember, if you don't remember what that is, yeah. you, you go out to your street, uh-huh. look at your house, yeah. there's going to be some weird appendage coming out from <laughs> just beyond the sidewalk. It's hollow, and it has a little flag on it. Yeah. Just go knock on that, and uh, that's that's the thing we're talking and about. And if you live in an apartment, you were given this little key when you first moved in. You yeah. thought, what is this? Yeah, and there's, a, there's like a, a row of strange boxed compartments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's those are the things. Like a futuristic prison for tiny little people. Yeah, which is really just a prison for paper until you free them. That is called receiving your mail. And we ask you to free a little paper and support the podcast in exactly. my case. Oh. I guess it's cotton. Anyway, Casey. Alex Croson, well done today. Thanks for listening to me go in circles and circles and circles. You're welcome, Casey. I'd do it anytime. Wow. Thanks for letting me put a stop to it. <laughs> You're welcome. As we were just spiraling ourselves down into a... Uh... Sometimes I wonder what what you would be like without any restriction. And Mm. I think it would be like um, Tony Stark, you know? (laughs) That or Charlie Sheen, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Casey's really going wild right now. <laughs> He's jumping on a couch. He did an entire national tour about ranting on the Norway maple. <laughs> Thousands of people bought tickets. I think you probably could. Just a, a national tour about my thoughts on the Norway maple. Yeah, why not? Hmm, interesting idea. And in the meantime, you got this podcast. In the meantime, while I set that up, I'm going to give Oprah a call, see if I can get on that, uh, <laughs> get on that couch. Get on that couch. Yeah. I'm in love. I'm in love with the Norway maple. <laughs> All right, turn off the TV, okay? Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. Hey, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 